It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, Kevin and Lincoln back with a Monday edition of the Flow Track Podcast. I don't know if people have favorites yet in terms of which pairing is the best. Oh, personally, question. personally, I'm a fan of the Gordon Lincoln combo. People are saying it at 1.5x. Yeah, that's my customization you know, that makes it even better. You've uh, introduced me to that. I'm, obviously, I've listened to that speed before, but not for actual like listening purposes. Just for like. To test it out, you gotta get through it. And I it. hear yeah. that some people have customizable, so you can go beyond just the 0.5 yep. parameters. Yep. You can go to like 1.7. I mean, I if you if you can hear the difference between 1.5 and 1.7 speed, then I congratulate you. But yeah, I, I I'm I haven't found the sweet I haven't found the sweet spot yet for mm-hmm. you and Gordon, but I think 1.5 is okay. is the best. Uh, on today's show, I got the rundown right here. Uh, first things first, we're gonna figure out if there are any world records over the weekend because that's how you have to start every track and field show. I think so. Uh, Alberto Salazar. In the news again, yep. along with Mo Farah. We'll talk about the BU 5K, which some, some, some are calling <laughs> the greatest indoor 5K in history. Uh, we'll check in on the marathon trial, see if there's any news sure. on that front. And then there were some fast men's DMRs yes. this weekend as well. And I think we pretty much have the field set for NCAAs and the DMRs. I'm not sure. There could be... Unless in it, maybe NAU. Someone sneaks in. Try to do that. The women's seems pretty clear-cut. The men's will have the defending champion back in full force. But, yeah, things are starting to uh, come to... Ahead. Ahead, I guess. Be a lot clearer as we approach March. So I can't believe March is almost here. It is. Mm -hmm. All right, let's start first with uh, Salazar. Okay. Big BBC report. It's coming... The full show is coming out tonight, and we're recording this... On a, and Monday morning, so right. all we've seen so far is what they have put out in advance. There's also a big, at the end of last week, there was a big Farah Media initiative, too, where he gave interviews to, to other athletes as well. So there's been a whole bunch of stuff on this front. I guess we'll start first with the Salazar stuff, and then we'll go to the Farah stuff second. Which, What were the salient points to you about, about what we Well, we had Kara Goucher and Adam Goucher. Uh, both involved in this program, giving information, I think. Uh, Kara saying that during her time coming back after childbirth that Salazar 
giving basically she was giving more information about how Alberto Salazar wanted her to change her body. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking specifically, uh, feels weird saying this on on a podcast, but talking about her breast size coming back, obsessed very very much, and that kind of doubles down with what Mary Kane was saying about how Alberto very very obsessed with the female body as as it related to competing at a high level, mm-hmm. and it seems like you know Kara obviously had that experience maybe you know worse than anyone as far as being the one that had a baby coming back and trying right. to su- succeed after that so there's those allegations and uh for me the thing that stood out is you know travis tiger saying that they're seeking a lifetime ban i feel like we knew that in some shape or form yeah. but but uh, i i guess i could be getting my facts confused i know safe sport seeking like a lifetime ban but yeah that's hearing tiger different yeah. yeah hearing tiger say they're seeking a lifetime ban while uh Salazar plans to appeal in August. Right, which was interesting to me. We never knew when the appeal was officially going to come. I always assumed they were going to, because they had mentioned things about spring in Mm -hmm. terms of getting it together, but, yeah, it's not going to be until after the Olympics, which is, I guess that's better timing in terms of, if you're you're in charge of track and field and you want the fewest possible uh, headlines, negative headlines about about track, I guess you'd want to put that in August after the Olympics when, when when the season is pretty much wrapped at that point. Yeah. Ariana Lambie also spoke out, a name maybe some people aren't familiar with, a very good runner coming out of Stanford many years ago, talked about how she had been prescribed thyroid medication. Also, Salazar had her uh, take some sort of substance and then later got it you know, tested to see if it would flag yeah. a positive test. All this stuff, I think, sort of just adds to the case that was already there. Like, if this was a if this was a, a charging document, right, I don't think it would bring out, like, a, a brand new entire charge. More it would just supplement the things that we already knew about the use of uh, thyroid medication, about the idea of using athletes as, as guinea pigs, in essence. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know if it, if we, when you're talking about public opinion, I don't know if it's moving it one way or another on Salazar. I think people have made up their mind at this point, which I think you probably could say the same thing about Farah, too, at this point. Although, when you have headlines with lie in it, mm-hmm. that that's that's not a good thing. Yeah. And uh, th- so the two things with Farah, one, he said, uh, Jama Aiden, he actually did know him. He said he really didn't give the full extent of their relationship when he was asked about him at the Olympics. He said he's just a guy who asked for a selfie. He talked about how they're both from Somalia and they had yeah. similar idols. Uh, and then the other one was in 2015. They leaked a a document from the USADA report in 2015. He was asked about an L-carnitine injection in 2014. He said he never got it, never got it. He concludes his testimony, he goes out and he speaks to a UK athletics official who, who talks to him and then he comes back in the room and then revises. Not his, just a UK athletics official, isn't the, it? The, the yeah, 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 sorry. Bar- there's a lot of names here. Yeah. Uh, Barry Fudge. Yeah. Barry Fudge. Uh, and then he revises it and says, uh, no, he actually did have that injection. Now, keep in mind, the injection was legal, yeah. right? This wasn't a... Uh, if you have an L-carnitine infusion below a certain amount of millimeter, 50 millimeters, I believe, yeah. um, it's considered above board. But I, look, I, I, the, the thing where Farah, I think, totally miscalculated, if he was trying to use all these press opportunities to get people to, to see his side, I, mean, I think attacking the whistleblowers was just a bad plan. Bad, bad, bad move on his part. I think you know, there's a way to disagree with what they're saying without 
condemning them. I guess he could have said, hey, look, this was my experience. Their experience was different. Um, and he's still employed by Nike. That's the thing. Right? He's not a Salazar guy anymore, right. but he's still getting his checks from a company that's vowed to support yep. a, uh, a coach's under suspension. Um, this, to me, doesn't put uh, Farah in that much worse of a light than I guess he would have already been to people who Explain. Already, Explain. At worst, it positions him as a liar. I would say at best, it's he's, uh, to use a famous term, he's guilty of misremembering um, yeah. to having an L-carnitine injection. Perhaps you could say, well, he got all sorts of vitamin injections in the past. I'm just... I'm just uh, yeah, looking into it with a rose-colored glass here. Uh, it's not like, I mean, like we said, he did everything within the rules. It, it, like, at worst, he's just a liar. And, of course, when you say you can say someone and look at them and say, oh, they're a liar, what does that say about everything else they've told us yeah. about their past? Yeah. But as far as is this going to lead to any suspension, of course not. No, um, not yeah. um, I, I think you, you hit it on the head when you said that people that have their opinion about Mel Farah, this isn't going to change it one way or the other. I still tend to look at him as someone who, because he's British and, and I, I mean, I'm going to, I don't know, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but perhaps because he's an immigrant too, has, has been really attacked by the British media. I, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything because Salazar obviously has also, you know, gotten his share and, and, you know, he's not in the same position as, as Mo Farah. But I think we can give Farah the fair thing that said, I have been unfairly attacked. I understand my association with Alberto Salazar. But what we're listing here, I can easily say in a court of law, you could ease, there's nothing that passes the snuff of, um, of somebody saying, well, this is clearly ind yeah. indicative of guilt. I think it's reasonable to say he could have forgot. It's also reasonable to say he's a liar, and that that could mean he's a cheater. Yeah. But nothing we learned from this further further implicates Farah to the point of me thinking, oh, he's he's a cheater. At worst, he's a liar, and at best, he misremembered some facts because who knows how many different. Th I mean, how, how often are professional athletes getting injections? Some probably more than others. Elkhorn teams is is a legal thing, but it definitely has some. Uh, well, if you're going to go at him Some for this. sketchiness involved to it. Well, if you're going to go at him for this, right, this is the same thing that Ritz, right, right, Ritz did. Yeah. So, so you got to. Right. If this is the stand that you're taking, you got to be with it the whole way. Yeah, everybody sees it through their frame. Because if you go in with the frame of, yeah, Farah's, Farah's not, not guilty. He's, he's done everything that's above board and to the letter of the law. Then you'd say, well, look. In 2015, BBC and Panorama did this whole report. Mm -hmm. They never found anything about him. When Fancy Bears leaked people's TUEs, they came up with two TUEs uh, from him, and, and that's all. Uh, they would say, okay, yeah, he has a missed test, but look, we've gone down the missed test road yeah. before. We know that that's something that, ha that happens. He hasn't had three missed tests before. You, you'd look at the situation where, yeah, he's being questioned by investigators, and he, he misremembers. Um, Perhaps, and then, the and then, well, no, that's what I'm saying. If you look mm. at it from this frame, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going at it from the, mm. the, look, you, you know, you can use confirmation bias mm -hmm. to to connect a lot of dots. And he's asked about Jama Aiden. Maybe he panicked because he knows his his guy was in the news, and he says, no, I don't really know him that much. I yeah. mean, he's, he's a guy who's out there. And if, if we start doing the whole guilt by association game, I think we get to a place that would. Would it catch more people or would it put a cloud of suspicion over more people? Yes, but there would be horrendous side effects to that. And we don't need to just confine our thinking of that 
to professional sports. Look outside the world and how damaging that type of thinking right. can be. So I think we need to be cautious with that. Now, if you go in it with the perception of he's he's with NOP and NOP has, has always been shady and, and Alberto Salazar has always been shady, then you look at this as, yeah, two more situations where he had the opportunity to tell the truth and he didn't. And then what else is out there? And that's mm -hmm. why, I mean, I don't have this really profound statement on it other than this stuff seems to be getting us in the same spot over and over and yeah, over again. I, don't, I mean, I definitely, I, I don't know if you can say one is more damning than the other. It doesn't feel like any super damning allegations relative to changing the positions that they're in. I mean, Salazar's appeal, I don't know if it gets, it obviously doesn't improve off this. I don't know necessarily yeah. if it gets any worse, um, but... I think it might know, get worse. I think, I think the one group that this impacts, I wouldn't say group, but the whole idea that there's some sort of conspiracy out there against Alberto, because now we have more people, and it was hard to believe that there was some sort of conspiracy when it's five people, and then sure. it's ten people, and now there's Ariana Lambie who's adding her, a completely new name, right? Right. Someone who hadn't been mentioned at all before comes forward and says this stuff, and she's not just talking about, she's not talking about the whole idea of body image and body shaming, right? She's talking about being prescribed a medication that she didn't need and bringing Jeffrey Brown back into the fold here too. So it's sort of, I think it buffets that case now, but here's the thing. They're not going to look at any of that, right? Because the case that they had right. was the case before. Yeah, that's So I, mean. I don't know if they're going to go into a soundproof booth like we have here yeah. and they're not able to listen to any outside information. But I think at the very least, it, it strengthens the case that Tiger has, at least from a public perception of like... Well, does this, does the appeal mimic uh, like a, a trial that we would be used to in the, in the, in a, in the United States in the sense of there's stuff that's not going to be allowed in. Like, this would be stuff that's that was post right, his case yeah. being brought, so it's like this would not be included, included in what is being heard or what is being considered by a panel. That's my assumption, but I do yeah. think we can't underrate the idea of just general public perception sure. and, and how much that factors in. And I think, I think the one thing that, if you're reasonable, you could sort of conclude that the things that they charged Salazar with uh, were things that they had documented evidence from. That wasn't a thing that they just threw together at the last minute, right? Yeah. They, I mean, they took years to put that document together. Now, you might say, hey, I want to live in a track and field world where the stuff that he's accused of shouldn't be illegal, yeah. shouldn't be against the rules. That's fine, but that's a completely different argument. Uh, we have an interview up on the site right now with Danny Mackey, who was one of the whistleblowers in the case, right? And yeah. he said, one of, the, one of the moments that stuck out to me is like, hey, if you agree to play the game, Right, you're agreeing to these sets of rules, right? So you may not like the rules. Sure. You may, you may think the rules are too restrictive, but when you sign up, that's part of it, right? That's every every game has rules out there. Every sport has rules, and this is one of them. One thing that stands out to me in regards to Farah is, you know, it's not everyone, and obviously not everyone's going to comment on this, but it seems like a big portion of his fellow athletes either don't believe him or, or think that, you know, he has in some form cheated. I, I, one of, I, a quote tweet from Emma Coburn stood out to me with 356 retweets, which in the track and field world is a lot, but not many, and, and maybe in other sports. But she, she quote tweeted, you know, Chris Chavez's tweet that, that put also, out the... Also big in the track world. Yeah, right, that sure. put out basically the conversation between USADA and, or, or excuse me, investigators and Farah regarding that L-carnitine when he said, no, I didn't do it, comes, leaves, comes back and said, wait a second, I did. And Coburn says, lies to investigators, leaves the room, learns that the facts are out, and they know he's lying, so he comes back with, quote, it's all coming back to me to try to save himself. 
why anyone would choose to cheer for this person is beyond me. So it's clear that obviously she doesn't speak for everyone. Yeah, and, but, but, yeah. but but it it's tough for me because not being a pro athlete, it it, it in some if you look at it one way, it can come off as a little bit sour grapes because you want to say to someone like Emma, well, yes, he lied. I mean, one, who's not guilty of lying in their life? But two, this doesn't prove anything beyond the the you know the benefit of or with, without a reasonable doubt, I guess you could say. So it's kind of like you're allowed to tweet whatever you want, but but it's, it makes me wonder basically when someone's willing to go that far when someone hasn't been proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. It's like, what, is there something else the athletes know that we don't know about well, what they're doing? Is this so beyond the pale that it's indicative of him cheating, or is this someone who is just because of his position as the the most famous one of the most famous distance runners in Britain, Britain, a place that we all know their media is. Rabbit. I mean, just all the, the, the and, 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 you know, journalism certainly serves its purpose. And Alberto Salazar likely would still be coaching right now without journalism. But is, is this a is this a thing of the example of the British media attacking, attacking, attacking because that's all they know how to do. And it's ultimately an unfair thing. I'm not exactly sure what my point being, but it just feels like something where we're 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 not giving someone the 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 providing the reasonable doubt that maybe someone like him should deserve. basically. Yeah. I would be careful in terms of judging athlete reaction based on social media. I mean, you see it with, especially in the sprint world, like look at the reaction to Christian Coleman. Look at the reaction to Justin Gatlin. Look at the incongruity between how distance runners reacted to that and how sprinters reacted to that. Mm -hmm. And that taught me a, a lesson of, yeah, it's not just the who's getting the most response on social media because... Uh, you ask athletes, you talk to them in the mix zones, you talk to them in person, um, and and you get a fuller picture of of who's on what side. Now, I think you bring up a point of like yeah, maybe people knew, maybe they know more, and this is a chance know. to pile yeah. on. But I mean, everybody hears everybody hears rumors, right? And, yeah. and sometimes those are those are true, and sometimes those are uh, part of it. But I mean, at the very least, you could say that the the charges that were brought against Salazar I think were were serious and they of were course. well and they were well founded and I think most people were like oh okay that that makes sense I think what people where Pharaoh could have actually gained ground here with with folks like that right yeah. would have been if he sat and he's not going to do this obviously because like I said he's still sponsored by Nike and this is something he could have done in 2015 when the original report came out and said yeah. I'm leaving him he lied to me yeah and I don't stand for any of that, and I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm somewhere else. And I think that would have been like, hey, that would be the road for some people to yeah. maybe see optimistically, so view this stuff more charitably. View these the two instances we talked about, where uh, he 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 didn't he didn't tell the truth, up more from a benefit of the doubt perspective. Danny also said another thing, right? Tell, tell the story about the uh, the MMA. He gave the example of the MMA fighter, right? In the interview that we posted, right? Yeah, saying that you know an MMA, MMA fighter. I guess he follows that sport quite clo- closely. And as says, do Lincoln, Lincoln and I. Yeah, of course. Um, Danny Mackey, coach of Brooks Beast, was talking about how an athlete was trying to cut weight, took performance enhancing drugs to do it, right. got caught, and laid it all out when he got caught, admitted it, yeah, and then obviously the 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 community much more. Accepting different community than different track, community, yeah, but yeah. but I, I I don't think track would react in a similar way. I feel like 
as sport as testosterone heavy as MMA, uh, everyone's like, okay, I get it. You know, you're, you're trying to protect yourself from getting your head beat in. You're like, wait, we can't do EPO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a little bit different example there than what would be but expected. but but if somebody didn't do anything right like if farah if he's if he's having a mea culpa it's not to, hey i did a whole bunch of drugs it's just like hey right, i probably right. shouldn't have been with this guy right so different different degrees and maybe there could yeah. be some sort of uh, uh forgiveness i think you know i think maybe there is a chance that farah thinks with his farah thinks with his lawyers I give an inch, they're going to take it a mile. Well, right. um, so might as well, you know. He's also in Ethiopia right now. So um, I, I, I don't want to apologize for him, for him or anything, but I just view this as I look at this and I say, okay, the line doesn't look good, but what he was doing to, you know, s- seemingly was not against the rules. Right, right. It you You could definitely look at this and see Barry Fudge's involvement and say, Look, this is further proof of conspiracy with UK athletics involved in in pull, put you know pushing out, out Salazar's will and Salazar's well, they power get, over UK athletics. Well, they said they didn't. The folks UK didn't want to do the infusion. Yeah, and they went and did it. Which, ironically, this is how the world works. Sometimes, what did he get that year in London? Seventh, eighth. That was his yeah, debut. He ran like two oh eight. So yeah. yeah, I mean, not that that's. Not that that's the most important part here, but that always seems to be the case whenever there's some sort of uh, shadowy doing. It's like, wait, that even wasn't even didn't even have the payoff, right? Yeah. It wasn't even wasn't even for a good cause. But yeah, then they transported the the L carnitine to make sure it was fine. Which again, if you if you start with the premise of L carnitine is legal to take in certain situations, right? We're not talking about them trafficking EPO or HGH, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're talk, we're talking about them moving something that's permissible to take. So I think he, his audience also, too, it, it isn't us. It's the general sports public, Who, right? Farrah. Farrah or yeah, the yeah. general British public, right? Yeah. So when you said give an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah. It, it's important to, when he says things like, well, I've never failed a drug test or I was taking this thing and it was completely legal, there's more benefit of the doubt there. There's more goodwill there mm-hmm. than in the running world. It's like anytime you mention never failed the drug test, everybody just types all caps on their keyboard, Lance Armstrong, as if that, from here on out, is going to be the only way to ever answer that question. Yeah, Which, I mean, first of all, he It's true. Did well, he, did, he did yeah. fail the drug test. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I know that's his famous thing. Yeah, I know. I got right. it. Right. But, like, that can't... We can't... We can't use that from here until eternity to disprove everybody who says, well, look, I've never failed the drug test. Mm. Well, Lance Armstrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah. just... Mm. It's just it becomes this whole what what about thing where mm-hmm. it, it just immediately discounts any sort of uh, lot like that that may not be the only data point you need to prove your innocence um, or at least prove your lack of guilt but it can be one mm-hmm. right it can be one thing and say hey I never failed the drug test like if we just immediately throw that out it's like well one guy a long time ago had his drug test covered up so now every drug test is completely meaningless yeah. well, if that was the case nobody would give drug tests I mean come on I, I just uh I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time separating my thought that, that Farah has been perhaps unfairly targeted by the British media to some regards. It just feels like this is overwrought at this point. Yes, he, he's stayed longer with Salazar than some would have wanted, and I think he would admit now that he, obviously, now that Salazar's yeah. had a four-year ban, he wish he could go back and do that. But the guy's changed coaches. He's not dod- You can't say he's dodging the British media by living in the U.S. anymore. Right. He moved back to London has he done his is he is he a PR expert probably not you know he hasn't done his best 
But there's no proof that he's cheated. And I, I and obviously they make that clear. There's no line in, in Mark Daly's article that, or maybe, you know, we'll watch, we'll see what the documentary brings. Yeah. But there's nothing that says, oh, Farr is a cheater. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like too many people maybe in the track community are accepting that as fact when, when these are just, I mean, at worst, this is just, um, what well, do you want to, just tiny examples of, of misbehavior. I mean, it's more damning about Salazar. Of course. Right. And but it, go back to 2015 when that report first came out, what was your immediate reaction? Uh, I thought it was the end. I thought that was it. For, for everyone? Salazar. For yeah. sure. I thought was, like, yeah. done for. Like, if you told me then that he'd be, well, if you told me that he'd be coaching for that many. Four more years. Four and a half more four, years. Four and a half more years. Yeah. Like, I thought immediately it was going to be. Mm. I didn't see that that way. But, but that's besides I mean, point. just because you, yeah. you get wrapped up in it. Like, I thought that was, like, oh, he'll be gone by, like, mm-hmm. the end of the day. Like, Farrell will get rid of him. Rupp will get rid of him. Almost like. I don't know, you see this was... Literally no one got rid of him. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even like a... Um, it's not even like there needed to be formal, a formal case brought to him. It just was one of those things where it's like, oh, there's going to be so much PR drama here, he's not going to have any clients anymore. Yeah, right, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. see sometimes with like celebrities or like big corporations when there's a crisis and you're like, oh, there doesn't even need to be anything like going to the courts or anything. No one needs to weigh in from the police department mm-hmm. or whatever or the FBI. It's like, no... No one's going to want to train with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Literally, nobody left. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Do we see a situation where it's possible in this appeal, and we're not experts at all, where they mm-hmm. someone could say... Speak for yourself. But. <laughs> someone could say to Salazar in his appeal, and I, I'm not saying I'm for this at all. I think he will lose this appeal, and they think there's a chance he gets a lifetime ban. But where they could say, you know what, we can't beyond a reasonable doubt, prove that you violated anti-doping rules, even though USADA did take that. But l- yeah. let's just say that where they would say, but you can't coach female athletes anymore. Is, it, is that, I mean, this is taking it a little too far maybe, but but I just am wondering sure now. If, if he could possibly win his appeal and, and say there's not enough here to say for certain that you violated anti-doping rules, even though he went beyond the, the L-carnitine thing. I doubt that, but I just wonder maybe, I mean, He's gonna have a pretty powerful uh, legal team, yeah. T- uh, you know, team. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm just wondering. I don't think if the, I don't think they can render that sort of judgment because okay. they're, they're not they're not ruling at all. I don't think on the other the other side of it. I think that's the, so bigger that's chance safe he, sport. Bigger chance that he gets a lifetime ban than he gets off. Uh no, I mean, no. Better chance that he gets, gets off than yeah. he gets a lifetime ban. In my opinion, I just yeah. I don't doubt the power of Nike's legal team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like this and this stuff. Like I said, even if this stuff was able to be taken into account, and maybe maybe it is in some way, shape, or form. Maybe this is already information that was known and it was buried somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember seeing some of these names. But uh, even if it was, it just, again, adds to what was already there. It's not something new. He can use the same line of defense that he used about the other things with this. And it just goes mm-hmm. under this umbrella of blah, 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 blah. And then didn't they had some sort of line in there about like he always looked out for the athlete's well-being or something like that in the initial initial report. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I think if I had to place a bet, I would say the four-year ban gets upheld. The next possible outcome would be he gets off and then, and then the lowest possible would be a I lifetime mean, lifetime ban. would be pretty significant considering that's the, the standard for that is is for, for athletes is what, like a three-time offender? Uh, well, two if you do it the right way. I mean, two yeah. if it's, yeah, it's four and then 
four and then and then lifetime if you are dealing with serious. But this is so going back to Farrah, Does this change your per- perception or or view of him at all? It just confirms. I mean, I I consider myself one of the people that I was describing. It just kind of confirms what you already go yeah. in and, and and think about. I think you could see a situation where all these things are are shadowy, and he was obviously part of Al- Alberto's program. So if you think what Alberto was doing was wrong, obviously you're going to think what Farrah was doing was wrong. I mean, why are you even taking L-carnitine yeah. injections? Why are you doing all these other stuff? But again, there's been a lot of attention and scrutiny uh, on Farrah. Well, that that's what I start to wonder. And I understand Farrah is British, and that's why he's going to be targeted by the British media primarily. But when you look at it the way... And the American and British media are quite different. Yeah. But when you look at it the way of reports that have come out against Galen Rupp versus reports that have come out against Mo Farah. Yeah. I know. I know that 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 Rupp is American. I get that, and you can you can hinge your argument on that. I I don't want to use the R word, but it feels like a moment that that that, that there should be a a, a reasonable doubt given to this because yeah. of the fact Farah seems to be getting so hit over the head by this British media to the point that seems unfair to me. Well. And I want to draw a distinction between there's different parts of the British media, and some are are fair. And I think the BBC stuff obviously is on the more, I guess, more American. I say that in in a good sense in terms of like less tabloidy. But there are a lot of tabloids in Britain who, because he's such a big star and because Trax occupies a higher place than it does in the and that's part of it, I think, too. Trax just a bigger deal. Yeah. There, Fair is a bigger deal. They had the London Olympics, so he's he's a bigger star. He's a bigger name. Um, there are outfits there, yeah, who are like you read some of the stuff, and the the headline just outruns the actual the content matter mm-hmm. by by a mile and a half. Like it's not even close. Um, I think because uh, who's call are, are we calling Dathan Ritzenheim a cheater? Well, because, that's I mean he he through maybe no fault of his own, but he cheated. Right. right. Well, he did the same thing here. Now, he, now I guess you could say, did he when he was pressed by investigators? Did he lie? Did he lie, leave the room, and then come back and change his story? Was he no. under oath though? I mean, he wasn't under oath. Well, but yeah, we, we don't we don't know yeah. the, the particulars. But when it just comes down to the act itself, they both did the same thing. I just think when you're talking about yeah, equitable treatment. It, I mean, when he missed the drug test, how many was that one or two that he did? I mean, oh. it certainly wasn't yeah, three. I, right? I, I do not remember. And when he said he didn't hear his, it's because he said he didn't hear the doorbell. Mm. Right, so many athletes that we don't even know about miss drug tests. Christian That's, Coleman probably should have. I mean, if if not for certain scenarios that what he was able to argue, he could have missed the world championships. Right, because I know. Of this. But I'm talking yeah. about ones we don't even hear about. Ones yeah. where they get the one miss test, yeah. or the two miss test, and it never gets flagged because it doesn't rise to the level of suspension, which is three in one year. Right. Yeah. So all sorts of people have those issues. Right. right. Christina Horgu had that issue. Like. That'll, but the way that's presented, right, it's through this prism of guilt before innocence mm-hmm. and in a way that I just don't, like, the sports side of me, you know, that watches the Houston Astros uh, and things like that, I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's probably guilty. But, like, the general, like, person who, you know, is a citizen of the United States and the world and has been taught innocence is where we should start from, I think it's really damaging mm-hmm. to, to the culture. And I know... We can't let Lance Armstrong dictate how we view every single person from here on out mm-hmm. in the rest of our lives mm-hmm. because that has it's just completely poisoned the well in terms of everybody now is is cynical about everybody and I'm I'm not saying go into it don't have a critical eye 
and don't bury your, you know, bury your head in the sand or whatever. But Lance Armstrong and Marion Jones, like, can't, like, you know, we saw this last year with Brianna Williams of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. It's like people are calling her a drug cheat. It's like just because Marion Jones let you down when you're 13 years mm-hmm. old, like, don't right. take it out on. That's Brianna, exactly what I think a lot of this is. But go ahead, sorry. Brianna Williams. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I want to talk. Like, I don't know. I guess people can l- listen to this or watch this and and say. You know, these guys are being soft on them. But it's just like, I, don't, I think you're letting, in a way, you're like letting cheaters w- win when you turn everything into this cynical mm-hmm. approach of everybody's guilty, everybody must be doing it the wrong way. We're not leaving any room for mistakes. Like, Brianna Williams, that couldn't have possibly been a mistake. It right. had to be some grand plot. Mo Farah saying uh, he didn't do this when he actually did. That can't be a mistake. That has to be part right. of some sort of bigger ordeal like all these things no one is allowed to make an honest mistake uh for it now i guess where farrah gets into the issue is got to be if you do that you have to be more upfront about your apology which Mm -hmm. is why like i think tyson gay of all people handled this the best now it didn't i mean he still had to serve the ban right Mm -hmm. he said he did it yeah he said i'd put my trust in someone they let me down john Mm -hmm. he said john drummond let me down took the testosterone cream i did it like, it was the complete opposite of what we had seen before. Which is interesting because I think if Farah did that in regards to Salazar, he would have a lot more sympathy. In right? 2015, if he said, yeah. if he completely disavowed it, and I don't know, again, I don't know the contractual right, ramifications right. of it, but if he was like, screw this, I'm out. Yeah. I don't want any part of this. I didn't do any of the stuff that was described. Yeah, like, we did do everything we can to maximize our chances to win, Whatever that means. Right. Um, but I, I don't, like, this stuff I'm reading about is not something that I want to be involved in. I'm gone. Sure. But it, we also don't know if what Nike was saying to him. He said he could have been saying to them behind the scenes, I want to leave. And they're like, that's not going to look good. And you can't do that. And that's and, why know. I don't think they did. That's mm-hmm. why I felt like my reaction in retrospect was so, like, yeah. naive. Yeah. Of like, oh, yeah, Kevin, you thought all these people were going to leave, like, the most powerful yeah. coach. But... I don't know. It's like interesting with Rupp when we talk about Rupp of like, okay, now he has this second act with Mike Smith, right? And it's like, well, that's the only thing he's ever known was working with, with Rupp. I mean, you're talking about the grown adult, the guy in his 30s mm-hmm. who conceivably had agency. But then you're thinking, well, how much agency does he really have mm. if his, his shoe sponsor is tied up with this guy? And yeah. this guy wields all sorts of influence. Well, that's why I think I've heard a little bit about what's going to come out in this thing tonight and I hope they go more into the whole culture of Nike thing because to me that's almost more important than a lie here or a lie there because it gets to why they maybe feel like they have to act in the way that they do. I'm talking about the athletes Mm -hmm. and the overarching culture of it but I don't know. It's complicated, man. It's all... It's all. I like, mean, I think what's not complicated is I think this is further proof that Alberto Salazar is not a guy acting in good faith at, at best. I think yeah. we can say, safely say he was a, at, again, at best a jerk and at worst someone who was always scheming yeah. to, to, to manipulate the rules. And, and yes, he was trying not to, to cheat, but I think there was certain... Certainly examples that he knew he was crossing the line and did it anyway. Uh, I'm just less, much less certain about, about Pharaoh, obviously, what this shows about him. I, I continues to be someone that I think should be allowed to be competing and, and for, you know, for some people to say that I don't know how anyone cheers for him. Come on. You don't know how anyone cheers for Mo Farah? Well. I mean, come on. That's, pro- that's too far. The problem is you have to, cod- like, it's, you need to codify some of this stuff, right? Like, 
Is there anything written in the rules where Salazar's like not allowed to like give something to someone and then have them take a test later on to figure if it's yeah. no, it's just like you can't take a banned banned substance. But that's not like specifically yeah. codified in the rules, which is where it gets it gets difficult. Um, just the overwhelming number of women that have come forward and, and, and examples of the way he treated his female athletes, not to mention all the stuff he was obviously doing with, well, that's more with damaging. thyroid and, yeah. and, and obviously, uh, yeah, the medication, the carving out the books to send Galen, uh, you know, certain medication, the, the uh, what do you want to call it, the, just the, the secretive stuff that's yeah. beyond that, but this, the stuff with Mary Kane, with Carrie Goucher, with Amy, with, with, with Amy Yoder Yoder Begley, Begley. Yeah. Uh, with this woman here uh, that was first mentioned in this, in this new report. This is all the stuff that ultimately says, yeah, he needs to be out of the sport. Well, that's the stuff that's way more damaging because PEDs, even though it's maybe not a two-way street, right, there's some assumption of, like, well, the athlete is willing to do it. Yeah. When you're talking about, like, an abusive situation, that's something that everybody unilaterally gets behind as being bad. There's people out there who say... TUEs, that's no big deal. There's people out there who say PEDs oh, yeah, are no big that. deal. There's nobody out there who's saying, oh, yeah, emotional abuse? Well, let's yeah. look at the other. Like, that's, that's. I yeah. mean, I guess someone could say, oh, it's part, part of sports. Yeah, got yeah, to yeah, suck yeah. it up and take it. But when you're talking about and describing the things that Mary Kane did, that's a, on a whole different level. And that's something where it's like, well, we don't want to. I mean, that that's why that gets, I mean, that's why that's on the, there's a reason why that's on the New York Times, right? And the And this stuff. Right, won't get as much attention. Oh, right? and that's the stuff he's had the worst time, I think, defending or or, yeah. or or you know saying that he didn't do because all the only thing Salazar has been able to offer is no, I, that's not what happened. I always had Mary Kane insert another name's best intentions. I emailed with her parents, and we well we know that maybe that's true, but we also have uh, more witnesses saying no, he was abusive towards yeah. her, and and and. And, you know, have examples of medications that Kara was getting that probably she shouldn't have had. And Dr. Jeffrey Brown was involved. And, uh, you know, it's right in the loop of the process. So so this is the stuff, ultimately, that could be permanently Salazar's downfall, yeah. I think. It's easy to have a stance on that and stick to it. Hmm. I find it, as someone who's just observed track and field for a, the last, you know, 10, 15 years, it's harder on some of this other stuff. It's hard. I wish I could have, like, a definitive Farrah take and post it on Twitter yeah. and be done with it. But it's it's more complicated. The other stuff is much less ambiguous yeah, to me. So. It's, it's okay, yeah. this is wrong. Now, whether or not you want to allow that in sport or not, because, again, I'm sure other sports, right, mm. have, have coaches in it who have been, we, there's like a reckoning going on even in hockey about how um, toxic the culture is right. around the coach-athlete relationship there. I mean, that's something ultimately that sport needs to decide, right? Like, what's permissible and what's not. Yeah. I just keep going back to, with all with all powerful people like this, it's like, how valuable are they really? Mm. Right? Yeah. Like, how, like, it's really worth it to Nike. This is, like, the hill they want to die on. It does seem, I mean, Nike's probably never going to die on a hill, right? I mean, that's the... They buy a the, new hill? Yeah, I mean, or, yeah. And they just, buy that tower outside the new Hayward Stadium, and just, that's an even higher hill, so it's <laughs> keep going up. And There you go. I mean, yeah, I don't know what, what is hurting Nike and, and their sales numbers. This is such a small community. Yeah. How many people that wear Nike know who Alberto Salazar is? Not, not... A fraction. A fraction, yeah, yeah. A very small fraction. So this isn't anything that's going to hurt them. I think they would, you know... I, yeah, like I said, long term they're not damaged overwhelmingly by the athletes are 
track and field athletes are still signing with Nike with yeah. no, no nothing damaging to well, their conscience done. So, and that's the other part of this too: the idea that like there's just big, huge Nike-wide conspiracy, which I don't like. There's Nike athletes who have never met Alberto <laughs> Salazar. Will never right. met. Like they just get a a check and some spikes right. from them, right? Um, they wield a huge influence in the sport, but it's not like it's a big shop, right? It's yeah. a big, massive operation. So there's plenty of people. Like it's interesting. You see all these Bowerman people, like which and a lot of Nike athletes. Like once this Mary Kane stuff came out like sure like a hundred percent on board obviously they're not best of friends that's been documented yeah. i mean the jerry schumacher alberto salazar thing at u.s indoors that one year was written about extensively so it's not like there's it's like not one team everybody on the same page here exactly. right they yeah. probably they probably dislike him more than outside people do because they've worked with him or had to come in contact right. with him so painting a broad brush and saying it's all one it's all one way or the other. I just, I'm, it's just so, it's so complicated at this point. But yeah. there are a few universal truths in here, which hopefully we're getting closer to solving. Uh, how's that? That was 35 minutes yeah, off the top of that was just a lot, a lot of it, lukewarm takes. Yulemar uh, Rojas broke the triple jump world record. I was going to ask you, we have to start, you know, we have to check in. Were there any world records broken? Friday, uh, Indoor world record for mm-hmm. Rojas. Second best triple jump ever when you go indoors, indoors outdoors. outdoors. Yeah. Which uh, we've gotten used to. With Mondo, now he's going above the outdoor world record. Dude, Mondo, These field events, I don't. We're finding out. Is there really any difference indoor and outdoor? Obviously, you get some tailwind in the triple jump. Yeah, pole could, vault, pole vault. I think it's. I think it's better indoors. I mean, you could see that because the indoor record was better than yeah, yeah, the yeah. outdoor record. I don't think it's universally better. I think there's conditions where it's going to be better yeah. outdoors. But if you had like, you had to jump with a million dollars on the line, I think most, and you didn't know the conditions, you'd take it indoors. Outdoors, probably, yeah, a little different. You you actually were at this meet uh, that I'm thinking of, 2016 World Indoors. I was there. That's the first time I saw you, Lamar Rojas. Were you paying attention to the triple jump that Not day? at all. Not oh, at all. I was because I was sitting next to her coach, which is Ivan Pedroso, famous triple jumper himself. He was very animated. And I remember thinking uh, a Bargwin was the queen of the, the right. triple jump at that point. But this woman is very tall, and she looks very talented. And I just remember once she figures out how to get it all yeah. working at the same time, like get all those levers going, she's going to be she's gonna be really good. And now we're seeing it because, you know, physically I think she has more tools than a bargain. Uh, did not know she was 6'4 before. Yeah, yeah. 6'4, I mean, I've seen her in person, but sometimes when you just get lost in things, you don't. But 6'4, obviously quite tall mm-hmm. for, for a woman. Facts. Um, this was an unbelievable jump, not only because it broke the world record, but it was her last attempt on mm-hmm. Friday at the Via de Madrid, the final World Indoor Tour meet. So, Pressure. I mean, I mean, she seemingly could have been her last jump of the indoor season. I don't know if she's competing anymore, but yeah. last of the World Athletic season with no World Indoors. So, significant. She had jumped 15.29 earlier in the event, which was, you know, one of the top five time or top five leaps, I think, of all time. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously, she's won back-to-back World Indoor gold medals, back-to-back outdoor gold medals yeah. uh, at the World Championships. So, obviously, Tokyo, her chance to shine in the in the triple jump and, and conceivably break the 15.50 uh, world record. But, uh, yeah, this was a month now where we've... It's only February, what, 24th? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've already had five world records. Two of them from Mondo, who jumped again over the weekend, only jumped, like, 6.01. What the heck, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, he's going over six, like, it's easy. Five, yeah, five times in a row or something. Um, Gordon and I were talking about this on... Thursday. Thursday. I don't know if you listened to the Thursday pod. I didn't. Sorry. Oh, you should. 1.5. Yeah. yeah. 
is Mono gonna get to the point where he enters at like five ninety and the competition's over? He's gonna it's like how he did in college where pretty uh, much everybody's out and then he enters. I think if he's going over six with such ease, we're gonna start seeing him enter the competition later and later. It's it's fun. So we've seen Mondo twice, you said five, right? Rojas oh, you're counting the the five K in the marathon? Chep the guy in the yeah. and then the the half. half how yeah, many half. So two? Yeah, Chep. Yeah, that's five. Yeah, that's five. Okay. I just rode, f- rode 5Ks. I'm not, I know World Athletics recognizes it now. Kevin does not recognize it as <sighs> What do you have order. against the official Monaco, the course record, the 1251? The ro- I just rode 5Ks. Just listen, shouldn't listen. Be, rode 5Ks shouldn't okay. be. Okay, I mean, I, I can I mean, see you taking it. mean, it should be a thing for us. It should be a thing for us. I can see you getting offended by someone saying, oh, he took 27 seconds. That's off. idiotic. <laughs> and who's ever saying that if they're a track well, and I field? I wrote that in my article, Okay, sorry. well, sorry. It's, yeah. it, it, with no, did you have a caveat in there? I probably forgot it was early in the morning. Okay. I, I understand. I'm going to edit that. I'm going to edit that right now. <laughs> Can I edit on this? It's, I understand that. that I mean, that's ridiculous. Somebody, what, somebody ran, who, who ran like 12.59 at Carlsbad or 13? Sammy Kipketer, man. Kipketer, one, one of the greats. Yeah, um, I, just, I mean, come on. That, that's ridiculous. And I don't think we need to, we can keep world record. That's fine. But yeah. I mean, we're not going to say that in the same breath as like a men's pole vault world record. I think a men's pole vault world record is, there's, there's one forum oh, to doing pole vault, like running okay. a road 5K. It's just. Running on the track. Now, if Ronix Kiprotu breaks the overall world record yeah. on the track or on the roads, then I'll be impressed. That's what I, I 1251, though, is. It's way, fast, it's, fast. It's fast. I mean, so we're going to get to the point where the record's going to be like 1240? I mean, like, that seems like what. He ran with no one, so if Kipruto would have been in there, if well the track's been trash, Kajelka's been there, you know, would have been there. Yeah. They would have run like in the 1240s. Well, the track's been. I think that's due for a breaking soon. Yeah. Right? Like, Michaela was obviously great, but. I think there's not that many track 5Ks. When they do have track 5Ks, it seems like people dawdle, unless it's the Diamond League final that one year. No one, no one had broken 13 that year, though. I mean, think yeah. of all the missed opportunities over the years at these Diamond League 5,000s, and now we're going to see <coughs> yeah, fewer, yeah. fewer, di- fewer 5,000s in general on the elite circuit. Mm-hmm. So No, that's a good point. Speaking of 5Ks, though, uh, we got some coming up this week that are part of what some are calling... The greatest indoor 5K fields ever. Yeah, not me. Was Don't that look you? At me. That I mean, was you were too busy me. writing that the 5K record got beat by 27 seconds. <laughs> so, uh, 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 Gordon, wrote, Gordon wrote the headline. You didn't like the headline? No, it's not true, but it's okay. What's better, a Dusseldorf 2012? Yeah, uh, I mean, we've had. <coughs> I mean, what's the field? Get yeah. the field here. Okay. Um, you know, we've had races indoors where multiple guys have broke 13 minutes. And well, but it, this is the pre-race. Okay, so Paul Chalimo's in there. I think a very good shot that he breaks Galen Rupp's 1301-something American record. But let's get into the exact Chesrek. field. We've got Chesrek, Chalimo, Kip Chircher, Hillary Bohr, Paul Tanui, Eric Jenkins. Those are kind of your top-line guys. You also have Justin Knight in there, somebody who I think could probably hang with that group. Um, Emmanuel Bohr, I mean, we, Mark Scott's in there. But, I mean, obviously the headliners are Chalimo, Tanui, Jenkins, and Chesrek. Okay, and then the say, women's side of things. The women's sides of things, we have Coco, uh, Constance Klosterhofen, Mariel Hall, Courtney Frerichs, Emily Infeld, Ooh, um, Lynn Jorgensen, a very interesting entry. I mean, mm-hmm. this feels like the Klosterhofen show. Um, Co- Coco plus BTC. Yeah. Um, you know, no Shelby here, but we think Shelby's going to be in this. Well, she said she was going to run the 3,000. That's what yeah. she thought, which the American record there is 833. Yeah. I mean, you're going to if you're going to Boston... You're going to run fast. There's no other point. Fast, fast. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you would have to think she's running that. Why would you run this distance if you're not looking for a standard? You're looking for a record, right? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. uh, I think we can say, you know, say that Shelby is 
going to be probably favored to break that record. I mean, yes. it feels good. She ran, you know, 852 at altitude with in a tactical-ish race where she led the entire way. Yeah. She's run a 1434 5K. She's run a 354 1500. That feels pretty good. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a hard time to hit. Is that yeah. Whose record is that? Is that That's Shalane's yeah. record? You can look it up. I think it's, eight, I believe it's 833. Um, uh, so more more names to come out, but obviously the Chilean. I mean, if Lamong would have been in there, I may, my brain may have exploded. Well, Lamong's running in Boston because he posted something on Instagram about how he's running in Boston, so he must be in the three k. So come on, what are we doing? Are they going to do memes like between the races? Do you think? I mean, just like he's booing that they're like booing I just won the race. What are you about to do? Um, like win the BU five k first and then talk. Right. I'm excited for the the possibilities here. Um, yeah, I wish if the, if they ended up um, if they end up this is classic like uh, sprinters sprinter action here people dodging each other. I think so. I think we can safely say. Sorry, I was looking up. I, I realized Tils Tapaja doesn't have yeah, uh, just, good. No, they don't have the women's. I feel like they don't have the women's uh, three thousand. I don't know go what to all their athletics. Are that's you what athletics? Yeah, go to indoor. Are you on indoors? Yeah. No, no, no. In, scroll indoors. Hold on. I'm trying. Okay, indoors. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, get, I think it's eight thirty three. Eight thirty three twenty five from two thousand seven. I mean, if you asked me, Shalane Flanagan obviously is great, but two thousand seven Shalane versus two thousand twenty Shelby. Yeah, I would. In a in a three k. Yeah. I'm, I mean, maybe in a in a in a longer distance, Shalane. But in a three k, I'm rolling with uh, I'm rolling with Shelby. There. I think she's going to get it. I think she's going to get it done. Yeah, it'd be interesting who <laughs> else is in that. Who paces her? Um, but yeah, that feels pretty close to certain. I mean, who's again. you said? Frerichs was in the five k, right? <laughs> Uh, correct. So yes. maybe Quigley gets in the 3K? Perhaps. Maybe Schweizer gets in the 3K? Uh, perhaps. They roll in bunches, Bowerman. They do. They, they definitely do. do. They they come as a package deal. And then for the men, LeMong, maybe Kincaid, maybe... Okay. I know those guys already have the standards. So I, I guess when I think back, why is LeMong not in the race? Well, he already has the standard, so that kind of makes Does sense. Does Chalimo but... not have the standard? <sighs> I mean, also, Chalimo can get the standard and... In 13 minutes, he can get so, I mean, standard. So here's the thing. I mean, uh, in 2017, yes, or excuse me, in 2018, Shelby ran 8:36 at, in Boston indoors. Yeah, so that's two years ago. Yeah. Okay. So this I mean, is gone. This is gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, it's out. So uh, does does spoiler alert? Does Chalimo have the standard? I feel like he does, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't. I mean, he must be going for an American record then, too. Yeah, didn't he? He ran, yeah. I mean, he ran thirteen oh four. He ran thirteen oh four at the at the World Championships. I mean, just Chalimo. Chalimo doesn't have a single American record, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. So maybe that's what this is about. Yeah. How he wants his first American record. Mm-hmm. Big. More power to him. Do, Big. Man, you got to do something with the indoor season this year, right? And uh, there's no right. World Indoors, so try yeah. to make it happen. Gordon was right. It was. It's kind of like World Championships in Boston. That's sort of the vibe here. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it should be, right? Yeah. I, I would be totally in support of that happening. Yeah. Might be a little bit dis- issue for the field events, but... Um, yeah. Okay, you're on the site. What any, else? Is, anything else on our site that's anything, interesting? Well, I, I think we'll have some content coming up for the trials, which are five days away. Yeah, do you want wow. to talk about the trials at all? We have... We want to talk about that, and we want to talk about some DMRs. You know, we got 10 minutes. Okay, so. I, I have started to preemptively, or to prim- preliminarily... Wow, okay. Lay out my preview for the men's side. Oh wow! Is that how many steps there are? Yeah, um, there's a lot of steps involved. First, Folks. gotta gotta like get in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Yell at myself. Slap my face. Slap my face for. I went hour. to Hawaii. I found yeah. the decision cave where LeBron decided <laughs> to go to the Lakers. I mean, was that, maybe that was in Antigua. Um, <laughs> Kanye did his beats in Hawaii. That's what I. Did. I'm having a hard time. So I'm 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 assembling it like you this. Help? 
favorites at the top, and my three names I have as the favorites are Rupp, Ward, and Career. Bold, never then seen I have Then I'm starting to have tiers. This is getting a little Bill Simmons pyramid-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I have contenders. Is there a secret? And I think there might be. I've gone to a... Uh, Top 27 half marathoners? I'm trying to figure out, like, who to put in my tier of contenders. Because, like, Fobble, he feels Wait. like he needs a tier of his own. As Define, hold on. Let's, let's Contenders, not for the as, win. As your editor in, in this specific yeah. moment here. So you're talking about contenders to make the to team. To make the team. Favorites, I would say favorites to make the team, and you have a solid boom, top three. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Then That's the top three. I'm not, I'm not distinguishing between favorites to should win. Should I do my preview the same way? Probably, for consistency's okay. sake. Well, this is interesting. So then yeah. I, need, I need to be invested in this advice that yeah, I gave you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then what are the other, what are the labels of all the tiers? Then it's contender. I, I haven't, I was going to do. Long shot would be the, at the bottom. Long shot I did, long shot, but and, and so I don't have anything between contender tier one and, and, and long shot. Now, some would say. Outside I could do, shot? contender tier two, but I don't really know how to distinguish. For example, how much credit should I be putting on the Chicago results? Do I really think Jake Riley yeah, you coming off a 210? Yeah, yeah. And then I look back, I know it's been four years ago, but there are some guys who have remained solid that were top 10 at the trials. I think a Matt Lano, who just ran a 62-minute half, who ran 211 in Berlin in the fall, who not doesn't seem like a lot of people are talking about. You know, he's not getting that same amount of hype. But he's been solid. He was six in the trials four years ago. He's been a guy who's been consistent. All right, all right. You don't need to sell me on him. Here's what I would tell you. Here's how I would do it. This is a therapy session. I'm not writing the men's preview. I'm writing the women's preview. I cover the women's side of the sport. (laughs) Uh, I would go, I think you're right. Those three, the favorites. Then we have three, then you're saying you have three tiers of contenders, right? I was thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom one being a long shot. Tier one is definitely... Fobble. I think he's by yeah. himself. Yeah, in that he gets tier. his own tier. Okay. The second tier, I would put Elkanah Kibet. Okay. I would put Shadrach Biwat. See, that's I'm having trouble with him too. And I would pro. I'm thinking of who, who are people who could get on the team, where I wouldn't be like stunned. Okay. It might only be I'd have to look more, dig more in the men's side of things, but it might only be that too. Then I would go to long shots because the rest of those guys legitimately are Does long Obby shots. Does Abby not belong in the? Abby just ran two eleven. Abby is a long shot in my opinion. Yeah, okay. Now long shots are a, a couple different reasons. One, you think they just have a puncher's chance because they've done it before. Your Ritzes, yeah. your Legats, right? He's only run what one marathon in his life. Legats run two. Two. Okay, so yeah. maybe he figures it out. You got to give, you got to give him at least larger than a point one percent chance, okay. right? But then there's the people like Lano. Then there's the people like. Uh, but we haven't mentioned the two ten. Jake guys. Riley's. Yeah, yeah. Well, because they're unpro- like yeah. they're unproven. But I think that they're still long shots. If I told you, like, what are the betting odds on Riley making the Olympic team right now? It's very small. Yeah. It's so very he's still he's still a long shot, and his odds are worse than Kibet, and they're worse than Fable, and they're worse than Biwat. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I would that's how I would do it. Mm. For me, it's gonna be harder because I don't really know. Well, you get seven strong names that you know you have to consider. But that's that in one tier then. Like I don't know how. How you cheer that out. And who are the favorites then? Who are the favorites to make the team? I think no one's going to crit- criticize you if you put Sisson, Linden, Huddle, Hase. Oh, you can put more than three in the favorite section? Not, see, this is tough. because I'm yeah. actually covering a really interesting race. Who are the favorites to make the final four? Here's eight teams. <laughs> I guess that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, you? yeah. Maybe we need to work on this <laughs> off mic and try to figure out a way that would, would work for both of us. Uh, I mean, I'm just more, aside from the, look, every race in the Olympic trials is always interesting because yeah. you're always got your eye on the top three. But the, the dimensions of the women's race, even without Amy Craig in it, 
I mean, the men, if they had an a Amy Craig like absence in its field, would be like, okay, this race is like, oh yeah, a one huge of the big blow. four dropped off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but for the women, it's like, okay, there's still a crazy, crazy deep race there. For the men, do you think higher chance that the top three kind of that we've kind of pointed out, Rep Ward and Career, higher chance that they make it or that they don't make it? Just because so many guys in Rupp there. Ward career. So is there a greater than fifty percent chance that it's that perfect three, or just some ob so one of them doesn't make it? Yeah, probably uh, the former. I think yeah. it's a greater than fifty percent chance that it's those. Oh three. really? Not by much though. I would think it'd be like fifty-five, forty-five. Yeah. Because it's a marathon, and picking a top three in a marathon, even when you think you know the exact three, is tough. But I would say fifty-five, forty-five, um, and that. I still stand by my thing that there's like. Five women. No, there was six women. Mm -hmm. I think there's five women now for those three spots. Yeah. I uh, did my voiceover Jared Ward. Some are calling the best voiceover I've ever done. I mean, some people are saying it. A, vo a voice of award? Vo and Jared Ward, I just recalling back to the Houston half, was saying that, you know, he and Coach Eyestone think that it's going to be quite tactical. Do yeah. we think that that's going to play out like it's going to be really slow? Yeah. 212 to 215 race. But it's not like a 1500 where... It's tactical, and then you get a completely different result. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. the cream still rises yeah, in the marathon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be, they could run 66 minutes through the first half, yeah. and then it's, okay, it's business time. Do you know who's won tactical marathons before? Like Jeffrey Camor. Oh, yeah. Do you know yeah. who's won fastish marathons before? Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, the yeah, 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 DeCisa right. has run yeah. and won both ways. Kipchoge, if he ever got put in a Of course, it's going to, yeah. It's not like Rupp's going to go out and try to run 205, Yeah. I wouldn't think that would be the case. I think mm -hmm. Rupp knows exactly the strengths and weaknesses of the field, and he's going to go out and... He's also doing, uh, there was a Ken Go article. What is he doing? Tai Chi or something now. Oh, really? Help. Yeah. Concept. How much do we put into the, because I think back and look at all of these things where everyone says, I mean, it's just natural, I guess, in any sport, but it's like everyone says, oh, no, I'm in great shape. Things have been going well. And then it comes out after Chicago. Well, maybe I ignore, you know, Rupp would say like. Yeah, my Achilles fell off yeah, in mile seven. Yeah. It's just like, I know, I know that that. You hurt yourself by saying that, yeah. but it just feels like every time we're like, everyone's going to come in and say, no, I'm in great shape. You know, well, they maybe... act like they're boxers. They act like they're offensive linemen and they're going to like hit them if they tell, yeah. expose an injury. Like, I mean, I get the power of the mind and trying to overcome the yeah. ailments that the body has. But at a certain point, like if your Achilles tendon is hanging on like a seven-year-old's tooth, <laughs> you got to be honest about it and just say, yeah, yeah this is going to be rough. I mean, uh -huh. let's try to do that at the press conference. Let's try to find the most honest person about their uh -huh. build-up. I want someone to be like, listen, kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because every, I mean, obviously you can have a great build-up and still run a bad marathon or get injured right, in a race, right, but right. it just feels like... I don't know. Rupp and Hase aren't in the press conference, so we won't get yeah. that. Yeah, so and no huddle, no huddle either. Oh, no huddle. I was texting with another media member this morning who oh, was disappointed okay. about the, the absence of those three mm -hmm. folks. Um, Feels like I can't get the full story ahead of time. No. I mean, I'd have to do some Lincoln on the street to I find think out what people are thinking about. <laughs> Lincoln on the street. Uh, we got two minutes left. Do you want to talk about DMRs? I mean, it was a repeat of last year, right? I mean, other than them, was Notre it? Dame. Fill and me in as if I didn't pay attention okay. to DMRs well, last year. Alex Wilson, the meet everyone forgets about, the DMR meet at Notre Dame. It was once again Notre Dame versus Wisconsin for for the win. Obviously, it's all about getting times. They did run very very fast. Well, that's Two right, fastest times ever on an oversized track. We're excited about that. Yeah, <laughs> nine twenty five to nine twenty five. Once again, Nagus out kicks. Whore, but Whore ran, ran, ran way faster. faster yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so feels like last year. I mean, I think again that reaffirms to me that Notre Dame's the favorite. Notre Dame, 
Wisconsin if they run Hoare. Oregon, maybe, maybe Stanford gets in the mix. We don't know. Did Stanford run at this? I don't know. I just like to say that. Okay, I, like I say don't Stanford know who might in the, the world mix. Stanford way would run. I, don't, I just feel like they're always there. I guess they always had Grant Fisher. Yeah, um, that would be the. From, that would be the he was catalyst. there for, for numerous years. Uh, okay, so does this? Is Horgan to run it? Well, that's what I mean. Last year, I, I know he ran the three k as well, but he was pretty shot after the mile when he did the the mile yeah. prelim DMR and then mile the next day. I mean, he prelims just, people underrate prelims. Yeah. Like, Gordon always writes off prelims. We were talking about this when we were chatting on Thursday about what's Jones going to do. It's like you can't underestimate the toll that the prelim yeah. takes on your legs when the meet is that short. Well, because you it's yeah. tactical and you got to close fast. Yeah. I mean, it's when it's warming up and it's, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a time yeah. on your feet, right. you know, it's not, it's definitely not helping. It mm-hmm. quite, I mean, it may not hurt a ton and you may be a superior athlete and still be able to, to do it, but it's tough. You got to be, you got to be better than everybody else at that point. Um, I like what Notre Dame does. I like Notre Dame just has a playbook and they stick to it. And there's no like, maybe, I don't know, maybe change this year and Nagoose runs the open mile, but they're just like, no, we're going to try to put the best DMR out there. Mm-hmm. And that's just going to be the thing. That's our identity in indoors. And I kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, it worked well last year. You think their obviously... fans will travel again? Remember last year they came from South Bend to Birmingham? Ooh, probably a longer drive this time. To oh, Albuquerque. Maybe similar. Okay. Eh, I don't know. Albuquerque's got to be if you're on the If you're on the Notre Dame team and you know what the travel plans are, mm-hmm. let us know. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun last year. They had a, they had a, yeah, they were chanting like it was a basketball game. Yeah. That was awesome. You Let's have to think it Irish. Nagoose has a way to win right at the line. Nagoose has a, and look, I don't want people to get carried away with this, not reporting this. <laughs> this is pure speculation. Nagoose has some weeding in him. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I would have never made that Or maybe, it may, I mean, if you want to say Robbie Andrews, maybe like collegiate Robbie Just Andrews. Just like there's weed. He knows exactly, exactly where to be at the right time, yeah, yeah, and yeah, his yeah. kick is, without fail, it's there. I mean, hey, I put him first in the kick rankings, RIP, last year. <laughs> Bring the but... kick rankings back. <laughs> what happened to the kick rankings? Um, hold on. I did want to point out, I didn't respond to your text yesterday, but you before we go. Oh, no, don't but, read my texts. No, uh, but my favorite tweet so far. Oh, yeah, don't don't read the, when I'm dunking on people. About no, 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 you didn't say anything. Um, so there's a there's just a screenshot of. A text or a screenshot of someone that's typed something out. Big news, Colin. Nike will provide a free pair of their new AlphaFly racing shoes at the Olympic marathon trials to any qualifier. This is not limited to Nike sponsor, sponsored athletes. Right, right. Details forthcoming after check-in next week. Uh, Horniker Justin, Justin Horniker on Twitter writes, I don't know what to make of this, but league sources have passed this release along to me. Now, League sources. Like, League so- Is that what we're referring to? Are I hope we, so. It are sounds we woging, cool. Are we woging this up? League sources? I like it. Um, are you in on that? I'm good on that terminology. It makes software I, I, more I do important. like it. I'm excited to use that for the first time. I get any sliver of information. Yeah. League sources? League sources is exciting. Are you going to uh, say league sources tell me or tell Flowtrack? Or how you, what are they going to tell? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Remember when we were in Albuquerque, we were going to pass on really banal information as developing or breaking news? <laughs> Or it's come to my attention that hey. Christian Coleman has just <laughs> run six thirty seven. I like that. Break. I like that. Um, so or I'm you, able to confirm. That's uh, what you guys say. I'm go. able to confirm that confirming just, the like, reporting of the results page. Yes, I'm able to confirm USATF's results <laughs> that Christian Coleman did in fact run six thirty seven. Let's do a couple like that. I feel like that's mm. a good. Way so to that's go. something to look forward to. We may yeah. be seeing just Santa Claus in Atlanta bestowing. A, Alpha flies on all those who are willing to wear them in 
We're still trying to find them, right? But league sources, we haven't gotten our sources in the league yeah. to give us that information, but Justin Horniker has that, and, uh, well, not saying he's reliable, not saying he's unreliable, but we'll wait to find out until we get there. We arrive in Atlanta on Wednesday, so yeah. we could be starting to see the beautiful black and green shoes as soon as we arrive. I think they greet us at the airport, right? Yeah. Some airports have the 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 bands that welcome you yeah. in. Some of them have the initials of the city. Yeah. I think there's just going to be an enormous eight-foot-tall alpha fly. I'm ready. So tomorrow it's going to be me and Gordon. Okay. And then, well, I'm telling them. You're supposed yeah. to be like, yep. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. This is, you just broke that news to We're me. doing two in a row. I think that's the, the rotation we're going on. So on Wednesday it would be you and Gordon. That, which okay. means you're responsible for taking the stuff. I guess I can be here, too, because I don't know how much I trust you. Because mm. we're taking the equipment to... And to Atlanta. Atlanta, so we're going to do one Thursday morning and Friday, Friday morning. morning. We so, should do something unique. We where we report stuff. Record from a barber shop. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, let's do it from... Uh, can we find Killer Mike? State I mean, Farm Arena. <laughs> you know what's crazy? We're going to be there Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and we leave Saturday night. In those four nights, there's three Atlanta Hawks home games. What are the odds? That's pretty incredible. I mean, the last one we wouldn't be able to make. Trey Young dropping a 50-piece. I could go for that. Yeah. Last one, we'd have to finish our stories very quickly to make it there by 6.30. But we have a 9 o'clock flight, so you at least catch the first half. We, we leave on Saturday night? Yeah, like oh, 9, 9.30 p.m. But the press conference, I saw today, women's press conference doesn't start till 3.45. So okay. get your get better get that shell written. You get that shell. Yeah. All right. League sources are telling us. Feels like it. That feels like it for today. Are we good? We cover everything? Well, I just, we had a natural ending right there. Okay. You just force it. Just, I'm sorry. You got to let it go. You yeah. Just, it, sorry. All right, guys. <laughs> That's Lincoln. I'm Kevin. Stay tuned. More Flow Track podcast this week. Uh, we're going to set up an We didn't. We forgot to set up an email. We're going to set up an email soon. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Gordon and I talk. If you listen to the show ever oh. and you're not on it, you'd know. Yeah. We haven't done it yet, though. Yeah. I got to keep, keep, keep up. You have, you have, you're you active in three podcasts. Yep. I can't listen to everything that you say. Sorry. I know. You're probably tired of my voice. That's why I like you guys' podcast. I don't... Mm. It's the... I can listen to somebody else talk about running. It's mm. cool. Yeah. You guys do good work. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to help you on Patreon. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.